0: you're listening to The Hive, helping talent executives and practitioners better develop their talent and to support their organization's business strategy. Whether you're looking to stay on top of emerging trends that are impacting talent development or learn from other experts about what's working in their organization, this is the podcast for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to The Hive Podcast. In today's world, not a day goes by that we don't hear something about the accelerating pace of change. Most of the articles and news stories we see on this topic are touting technology that will significantly change how we go about our daily activities in the coming weeks, months, and years ahead. On a personal level, I think it's exciting to think about how technology can change our lives. But from a business perspective, it can cause upheaval and it's difficult for many businesses to keep up. And so as we hear frequently, businesses are either disrupted or they disrupt on their own. So on this episode of The Hive, we are privileged to have Amy Kelson, Director of Training, Performance Support, Communication and Change at Walmart e-commerce. So welcome, Amy. It's great to have you as our guest on the podcast.
1: Thanks so much, Larry. Happy to be here.
0: All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. I talked about either disrupting or being disrupted, and I know that the retail space seems to be in the crosshairs of disruption. And at Walmart e-commerce, you guys have a charter of evolving the world's largest retailer and helping reimagine the intersection of digital and physical shopping. And given that Walmart e-commerce is on the leading edge of transformation and transforming Walmart as most of us know it, I thought it would be uh, great to have you on the podcast to talk about how to maximize the value of L&D, the L&D team, and improve learning in a fast-paced environment. So with that lofty goal in this short amount of time (laughs) we have together, Amy, what's it like to lead learning in an environment that moves at such a fast pace like Walmart e commerce?
1: Honestly, Larry, I think it is so incredibly exciting. And to be in this industry at this particular time, I think is really exciting. I think what excites me most is it really requires a different way of thinking. And for someone who's a total learning junkie, it keeps me continuously learning and looking for new ways to deliver quality learning within the organization. So for me, I'm all in. I love the pace of it. Uh, It's incredibly stressful at times, but it's also incredibly rewarding.
0: Yeah, that's great. I've spoken with many others like you that some are threatened by it, but most are energized by it. So uh, exciting to hear that you get energy from that. I'm curious, in an organization like Walmart e-commerce, what do you see as the role of L&D in creating a culture of learning within Walmart e-commerce?
1: Yeah, I really... I think that the first step is to change the L&D mindset and not only the mindset of the organization, but also the mindset of the L&D team. And interestingly enough, I actually think it's much harder to change the mindset of the L&D function for the people working with L&D within L&D than it is to actually change the mindset of the organization about L&D. And I think organizations are craving a change in mindset from the L&D function. So in a fast-paced environment, you really have to position the L&D function as enabling learning rather than owning learning within the organization. And I think you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I think some L&D professionals feel really uncomfortable with that, either because they're no longer sure of what their role is or because they don't have a clear picture of what it means for them. And for me, I think it's really about meeting the organization where they're at and it's clearing the path for learning. And what I mean by that is rather than creating formal training that has to be tracked and updated and managed, we give subject matter experts the path to share their knowledge directly with users. So in essence, cutting out the middleman. And I think that's what made YouTube so successful. Yes, there was a the video component of it, but I think also what they did is in essence is brought the owners of the content direct to the audience. And so we've, we have to adapt to some mentality, I think, in, in making sure that as we create learning, we're sort of cutting out all the middle middle segments. If we're going to go fast, all of those middlemen have to be cut out of the process. Yeah,
0: the really um, good insights. In fact, a recent conversation I was having with some learning colleagues, I mentioned that you know the L and D function oftentimes feels as if they are the creators and purveyors of training, and I think historically that may have been the case, but in today's world. Uh, the role of L&D seems more and more to be one of creating a culture and being a steward of a learning culture. And what does that mean? What does that look like? How do you enable learners? So you don't necessarily have to be the creator, distributor, and purveyor of that training, but how do you create a culture? So I think many of the things you said were spot on with that. So let me ask you, what steps have you taken within your organization to keep up with the pace of change and the needs of learning as things evolve very quickly?
1: Yeah, I think First thing is really taking a critical eye to what really needs to be created in a, in a traditional learning process and determine also within that what really needs to be created in house. And then outsource what doesn't need to be created because even though outsourcing might be more expensive on some levels, it's much cheaper on other levels because it gets an outsourcing agency can quickly scale faster. So you find great a great partner that you can outsource the things that absolutely have to be built in a more traditional way and take advantage of that scalability. So mm. I think those are the first two things. And then I think the other thing is really having an entrepreneurial spirit and thinking about the things that we produce, these learning objects that we produce really as a product that we have a customer and we're trying to Beat the market and we, we need to get out a minimal viable product as quickly as possible. And so oftentimes that requires thinking differently about what needs to be produced. And the example I always give is, you know, in the learning and development space, we, somebody comes to us with this, hey, we've got this learning need that needs to, we need to change a specific behavior. Or we have this specific learning need. And in the L and D space, we go straight to the luxury car. Oh, we know exactly how we're going to do this, and we're going to and we're going to be able to get to this behavior. And here's all of the parts and pieces of that. We create this luxury car in our mind, and really, we just need to get the wheels on the thing, right? We just need to get a skateboard. We just need to get something that's mobile and moving. And and then maybe the next step is okay. Now we have a motorized scooter. That's great. And then maybe it's an entry-level car. And so we just I think we have to think about getting out a minimal viable product as quickly as possible that's going to help shift the behavior, again, change the culture of a specific behavior that we're looking for, rather than here's the 10 different metrics we're going to have, which we absolutely need to have, but how do we begin to shift the culture as we go along the way? So those are the things that we've done in figuring out how do you keep up with this pace of change when you've got so many things coming so rapidly. And I would say the the final thing that we've done and um, this is a fairly recent development, it's really started to bucket things. When we think about how people change and they need to have a bigger, broader story, otherwise it just feels like everything's bombarding them at once. So trying to bucket those changes so that we can tell a more holistic story and, and really create a space for change in people's minds. So those are just some of the things that we've done.
0: Yeah, I think those are really on point. And I like what you said about the analogy of a vehicle, you know, in some ways we we try and build a luxury car. And admittedly, I think sometimes we, we don't even have to put a motor. Most of the time, yeah. the organization can be the horsepower behind it. We just need to provide the vehicle. So I think your comments are right on with that. Let me ask you, how do you engage the business in the creation and the promotion of learning? Obviously, that's become more and more acceptable and adopted in today's world. But I'm curious how you, within your organization, engage the business as you create and promote learning
1: yeah, one of the things we did this year is create a rotational hybrid role. And what this role was is a people manager that was on the cusp of promotion. And we saw this really as a threefold opportunity or really a fourfold opportunity. It was a win all the way around. So first of all, it gives the manager additional skills in facilitating discussion and coaching in the moment. It gave them visibility of senior level leaders within the organization. So for them, it was a huge win. And for us, it gave the training team a liaison between the L&D function. And for the business, it really provided the business with a, a promotional pipeline that they could begin to see talent and begin to promote them through the organization. The third thing really came for the new hires. So this was primarily for our new hire program, and it provided the new hires with somebody to train them that had deep organizational and experience in their role, which unless you're in the role, you'll never be able to duplicate. No, how, no matter how great a trainer is, they're never going to be able to duplicate right. that understanding of the business in the role. And so it right. gave the new hires something to chew on really, really quickly and, and understand their role. And then lastly, for our organization, it really gave my team a liaison between the L&D function and the business. So they gave us feedback on content, what was working, what's not working, if we had mistakes. And then they served as our advocate in the business because they could promote the why. And folks really responded really well to that. So that was one thing that we did to really engage the business in the creation and promotion of learning and also the delivery of learning. So it's worked out really well. We're yeah. going to be expanding that role this year.
0: That's a great insight. Thank you for sharing that. If I could, I want to ask you two last questions. And I ask this of every guest that comes on the podcast, because I think when we have the opportunity to have someone with the experience and the reputation that our guests have, like yourself, I always want to understand these two things. And the first one is this, is there something new or innovative that you've tried recently within Walmart e-commerce that's finding success? And tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, When I first got to Walmart, it became really clear that I couldn't structure my team or our processes in a traditional L&D way. We just moved way too fast for that. So, Mm. you know, just taking an e-learning, for example, a typical e-learning might take two or three months to create back and forth with the sneeze. But in our business, most of the business initiatives themselves didn't even last two months. So to have two months to create a more formalized training program it just that clearly wasn't going to work because we were ideating a particular idea, moving it through the process and launching before we would have been, even had an opportunity to, to create a, a, an e-learning if, if that was the appropriate way. And so rather than thinking about, like I said, a traditional L&D structure, I really structured my team in a way that supported the sneeze in the right way to run alongside them and create training in a parallel path. So I still have some traditional L or mm-hmm. L&D roles, but how we work with the org, I think, is very different. So I have a learning manager. I have a graphic artist and communication specialist, a training operations and analytics person and a content developer. So some of those things are pretty typical with an e-function or a L&D function. But this little team, I like to visually imagine them just sort of encircling this me and running alongside them and running at the same time. Pay the subject matter experts, mm. and they really act as consultants. So rather than taking the content and pulling it into our org, we're really enabling this SME to develop their content in a new way as they're creating it. So the mm. content is really taking shape. So we're there consulting and coaching around how to make the content more learning centric rather than just you know information centric. We're talking if it's going to be a, a virtual led kind of environment and we're talking about, okay, how do we coach them to facilitate in a different way? How can we facilitate a discussion in a different way? We're looking at the visual story that's happening. So often that visual story can be a huge piece in the learning experience. And then, you know, how are we going to track it? How are we going to look at the analytics and what are the logistics that need to happen? And there's whatever else we need to happen. So really thinking about how to structure the team in a way that, facilitates, again, this enabling of content and, and learning to come out of the organization rather than pulling it into the team to do something with and then spitting it back out to the organization.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. I love the visual that you gave of rather than having the subject matter expert, the SME bring content into L&D to have something created that you essentially send the L&D team or cohort out to surround the SME. create something. I think that's a great visual and uh, something everyone could benefit from. Any advice you would share with our other learning leaders and podcast listeners that are facing fast-paced changes in the learning space?
1: I think the thing that's been most helpful for me is really changing my mindset to think like an entrepreneur. So thinking like what you're offering is a product and that if you don't launch it, Someone else is going to come in and and you're going to miss the window, and so that's really freed me up to go out with what you know a minimal viable product and not get stuck in sort of a perfection first mentality. I think it's really easy to do and and then continuing to perfect and make better and there's some programs that are always going to be those big programs that you have to go deep on you know new hires one of them you know it's going to be a constant revision, but I think those what I call rhythm of the business kinds of trainings that come out that have to happen, really thinking far more agile. We talk about agile, but I think we've still really struggled with an L&D uh, industry to really understand how to execute on that in a meaningful way. And so that's one thing. It's just shifting my mindset, I think, has really helped me to face yeah. the changes and be able to adapt to the changes.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. In fact, uh, someone said to me last week, you know, treat learning in an organization as if the organization depended on it, you know, the viability does. And I think much of what you said, if you think about it like a product being released or anything else, you know, it, it's not just something that comes alongside, but is a it's critical to the success of the business. So I think that's spot on. Well, with that, Amy, on behalf of all of our podcast listeners, I wanted to say thank you. If any of our listeners want to follow up with you, what's the best way they can reach you?
1: Probably the best way to reach me is to find me on LinkedIn. I'm there. A-M-I-E is how you spell my first name, K-E-L-S-O-N. So feel free to message me. I'm happy to answer any additional questions.
0: Great. We'll put that information in the podcast notes for our listeners. Thanks again, Amy. Well, that does it for this episode of The Hive. If you have any topics related to innovations and talent development that you would like us to address, send us an email. You can find my contact in the notes as well. Thanks for listening. Until next time.
1: In today's dynamic business environment, people performance, now more than ever, has become a key strategic differentiator. St. Charles provides innovative learning services and solutions that improve people performance and positively impact organizations' performance. To find out how we do it and how we can help your organization, visit stccg.com.
0: You've been listening to The Hive. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.